Friday, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Hanging out with you today, Mr. Grant Bills is here as well. Grant? Good morning, Ben. What's up, buddy? A little sleepy. I'm not going to lie. This week, got some late basketball games. The Brewers have been on the West Coast. I'm, I'm reeling. I'm looking forward to this show and, and my show today. Don't get me wrong. I love hosting with you. I love my show, but I'm excited to sleep a lot this weekend. This has been a week. Beautiful way to counteract not sleeping when it comes to NBA games and specifically late ones. Don't watch it. I was going to say, just sleep. That's what I've been living by, at least this yeah. week. I mean, all the important games get done with. You know what I mean? And then the late yeah. games happen. And I don't have much interest, honestly. My worst nightmare is waking up in the morning, checking my phone, and seeing that I missed the most insane finish ever. And I think it's because I went to bed and missed the Rogers Hail Mary in Detroit to Richard Rogers years ago, which I <laughs> hate to admit. It, kill, it kills me. I'm embarrassed to admit. But it happened. And I'm living with that. And, and ever since, I think I've been trying to make up for it. Man, that's football, though. That's something I that know. naturally you are up for as a Packers fan. Interesting. And it, an owner. It was it was before I purchased a stake in the team that, that maybe that sense. played a role. That makes sense. 877-867-1670. We could take your calls all day today. There's a lot going on, a lot that will be going on this weekend, and we'll get to all of it. You got the launch coming up, Camp Randall tomorrow. We are expecting Zach Heilprin to stop by at some point, but we'll see exactly when that happens. Obviously, Bucks and Heat back underway tomorrow at 6.30. Series has shifted to Miami. And then the Brewers hosting the Red Sox. So much struggling Red Sox this weekend. Brewers are red hot. So we'll get to all that. But as is often the case this time of year, NFL draft, lack of uh, less than one week away. And as we go through the Packers offseason, it obviously happens in shifts. It, it happens in waves. As I see, Grant has pulled up his draft board. Mm -hmm. I can officially report that there has been no players added to the draft board. It is a no. It is a plank of wood. <laughs> Our friend Andrew Wagner did chime in, though. It is pine. I told you, you it was by pine. The grain in the wood. I have a good eye for wood, Grant. You respect wood, as they said in Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I don't think you've watched. So that's probably I've not seen a some of yet. it. Believe it or not, I've seen episodes here and there. But listen, I, I want to throw some information out there. I want to work through it. So what can we learn from how the Packers have approached this draft process and draft season? There are, like, this is smokescreen season. This is the time of year. A lot of reports come out about players in disparaging ways or positive ways. Teams try to play with the board to try to get guys that they want. So you kind of should take everything you hear this week leading up to the draft with a grain of salt, uh, especially Rogers related updates, which I see there are still some non confirmed reports out there that don't mean much. We'll get to those a little later, but throughout this draft process, here's what I want to put out there. The Packers did not take a visit. They get 30 official visits. Every team does. They're your quote top 30 visits, but you can use them however you want. The old regime, the Ted Thompson regime, I believe used to use those visits more on potential character concerned guys. That would be around the first round as well as later round draft picks guys that they thought they could steal late. The newer regime, the Gudikins regime has been visiting 
for the last couple of years with more guys that they might look to take in the first couple of rounds. I'm pretty sure last year, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, a bunch of those guys were visits during this process. This year, the Packers, they did not take a visit with a top 15 consensus player on the draft board. They obviously have number 15. Everything points towards them taking a tight end. The majority of their visits were with tight ends. A lot of those guys are projected first, second round picks. The four first round lock players that they visited with, or first round-ish, we'll say, Darnell Wright, the tackle, Michael Mayer, Kincaid, tight end as well, and Will McDonald, the edge guy from Iowa State who is a Wisconsin native, I feel obligated to note. Thank you. The question I want to put out there, because all signs are pointing towards the Packers taking a tight end in the first round. A lot of their visits say it, and a lot of, if you read between the tea leaves, I think many signs are pointing towards number 15, unless a big-time player falls, being a tight end, which I said yesterday, while I'm not categorically against it because it's a need, undoubtedly, and if the player's that good, then sure, it would not be my chosen course of action. The question I want to start with today, Grant, is is tight end the most important need on this Packers team? So can I can I answer your question with a quick follow-up question? Just, just simple. Like, do we weight different positions differently? Like, let's say the Packers need a tight end, uh, safety, uh, edge rusher, right? Maybe they need tight end a little bit more, but edge rusher is a more important position. So if we're talking about which position they need more, are are, are we taking that into account? Are we weighing positions? I think so. Well, okay. I think you need to. You always need to. If you're a team, okay, here's, here's the asterisks I put on drafts. If you could tell me in the first round, X player is the difference between this team going to the Super Bowl or not, then fine. Throw the positions out the window. That's when running back comes into play, which was yesterday's discussion partially. But the Packers, I think we'd agree they are not X player away from a Super Bowl. But in the event, let's say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did not exist, running back would be a need. But how would you weigh that need against other significant needs on the team? which tight end clearly is one. It's one of the more significant. I'm not sure, as I look through the roster and what they struggled with last year, I don't think it's the most important need on this team. Um, it's When I go through it, I mean, first of all, you, you look at what the 2022 team struggled with. Uh, offensively, obviously, situationally, they were not good third down like overall offensive uh, yards efficiency they were a, a solid offense not great by any means but not that bad they were quite poor situationally red zone uh, 23rd and touchdown percentage only 51 percent of red zone trips were touchdowns third down they struggled but you look back to those settings and a lot of them were either boneheaded plays you know you think about the Lions game But I think a tight end would be one thing when you look at that. Okay, they struggled on offense in different situations and in the red zone. Uh, Tight end is one thing that leads towards fixing that. That's a position where you get into the smaller areas. That's where the mismatches come. So I'm all for it. And and then obviously you think about giving Jordan Love weapons, and that's something that can be really positive. But the, the avenue I would go, actually, 
when it comes to this. Uh, the most significant need on their team. I, I look at where the defense struggled last year and why the defense was what it was. They were near the bottom of the league in rush efficiency. They, they were one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Uh, and, and there were some explosive pass plays given up. We obviously know the, the Joe Barry part about, uh, about coverage and how that was somewhat fixed as you go towards the end of the year. But when I think about why, why was the defense, why did the defense struggle the way it did? They were one of the worst rush defenses in football. Uh, again, rush efficiency. You look at uh, expected points added explosive runs. Uh, if you want to just go straight from the stats, they allowed the fourth most yards per carry in football last year next to the uh, the Chargers, who were at 5.4, the Giants at 5.2, the Lions at 5.2, Packers were at 5, fourth worst, uh, and that's with a, a good amount of attempts. Uh, 18 rushing touchdowns is up there as well, 129 rushing first, first downs, 27% of first downs that teams picked up were on the ground. It was a defense where if, if they had been able to actually figure out the rushing defense, a lot of success would actually have come as a result of that. So when I think about, okay, what is, what's the team's most significant need? What's the team's biggest need? I would actually say it's defensive line. Yeah, they lose Rob Tanya. They lose Mercedes Lewis. They, they don't have tight ends next to Josiah DeGuara right now. And I think tight ends up there. I'd put in the top three. I'd put in the top four. But I don't think there is a, a bigger and more important position of need entering this draft than the defensive trenches. And we could say interior defensive line for that. We could say edge. There are different positions there. But they lose Jerron Reed in the offseason. They lose Dean Lowry, who are not necessarily premier players, obviously. Jerron Reed was maybe a little bit underwhelming in his time in Green Bay. But... The depth chart, as it stands right now, Kenny Clark's awesome, and hopefully Devontae Wyatt takes a step, but they're extremely thin, and that's a significant piece of it. When you think about the best teams across the NFL, not only are they talented up front on defense, but they are deep. They're able to rotate guys. Injuries don't completely crush it. So with, with Rashawn Gary, obviously, coming back off ACL, with Preston Smith getting a little more up there in age and then just the, the interior defensive line and the lack of depth there, the lack of quality depth. Um, I, I, I look at this first round. I look at the early rounds. I look at the overall draft and I continue to think the biggest need on this team is, is not a tight end position that lacks the bodies and lacks the talent, but instead the defensive trenches. So that's where I'm at today. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Some uh, some technical difficulties with Grant. We'll we'll get him up and running going forward throughout the day. We could take your calls. What's your biggest need for the Packers in this draft? Uh, tight end is up there. I mean, safety's up there. But when you say what's the most important need, safety's a position that you could see Rasul Douglas get moved to. Uh, safety's a position that, while important, I, I don't think is as critical as maybe the other ones. Um, but tight end, I, I would probably say number three, number two, I might even go offensive tackle where when you talk about depth and you talk about how to build the team going forward, uh, defensive trenches, offensive trenches, I go there before I go to tight end. 
877-867-1670. We can take your thoughts. I believe Grant is back. Yeah. Mr. Bills. And and I've been listening to you the whole time. You've been killing it. Uh, I told you I don't miss the end of games now because of the consequences of my actions from years ago, missing that Packers finish. Uh, my computer needed to update, and it was tired of me clicking no, and it said we're doing this now. <laughs> so I apologize <laughs> about that. I'm with you, though, about the defensive line. I, I think you can compensate for not having tight ends, right? You can involve the wide receivers more. You can use your stable of running backs. You can compensate for that. I don't know if you can compensate for not having defensive linemen. You said you can compensate for safety. You move Rasul Douglas there, but you can certain looks and move guys around. You can't really do that at defensive line. If you don't have good players along the defensive line and on the line of scrimmage, you're just kind of SOL. There's not much you can do about that scheme wise. So what are your biggest needs? If you were to, or most important needs, if you were to rank them entering this draft, I would go defensive line is number one, and it's clear for me. And I include edge in that, just defensive trenches. Second, I would still go offensive line, even though there are bodies there, mainly because of the future of David Bakhtiari and looking a year or two into the future. Not to mention, it could be a guy that that plugs and plays in year one, depending on what you do with, with Jenkins and, and Nyman moving him around, I would go tight end as the third most important need on the team. Yeah, and they might have fewer bodies at tight end than those other positions, although they, they're losing Adrian Amos, I think, so it's not like they have a ton at safety either. But Ben, just look at the last five or six teams to make a Super Bowl. All of these teams have one of two things, or maybe both. They have an elite defensive lineman, edge rusher or interior, or they have lots of lots of good guys like the Eagles. They had a deep stable of guys. They could rotate. Everyone stayed fresh. Hassan Reddick was great. Yes, but they had a stable of guys along that defensive front. The chiefs have Frank Clark, right? Remember the, the unit that the Buccaneers had a couple of years ago. You're just not going to find a lot of teams that have gone on deep postseason runs, made a super bowl and, and, and look at that team and say, well, their defensive line stunk. You're hard pressed to find a championship caliber team, a super bowl level team with a poor defensive line of scrimmage. Which is kind of what, in my opinion, the Packers have right now. Even if you control for Rashawn Gary coming back and being effective at the start, they're not deep enough. They're not talented enough. Unless Devontae Wyatt becomes Aaron Donald, right? And I think he's going to be good. But still, they're not close to deep enough. And obviously, there is some, there's a lot of pushback to Joe Barry and how he goes about his defense. And as Devondre Campbell said on Twitter about a week ago, mixed in with some other things that were tweeted, almost every defensive coordinator in the NFL runs kind of what Joe Barry runs. Defenses, is they're getting more passive. There's less blitzing. There's more, yeah. can you do what you do all the way down the field to beat us? Which is infuriating to watch as a fan, but that's a lot of what NFL defense is now. And at the end of the day, how do you best... How do you best equip a defensive coordinator to play that style of defense, like it or not? Have a dominant off uh, defensive line that can yeah. get to the quarterback, that can stop the run. I haven't even mentioned sacking or, or pass rush or getting to the quarterback. I'm just starting with defending the run. Again, I, th- this was when you dropped off for a second, Grant. They were, I mean, one of the worst rush defenses in football last year by the pure yeah. yards per carry, yards, and then also by a lot of the a lot of the stuff the uh, the analysts go by in terms of efficiency. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think you as a defense can, can work until you figure that out. And it, it hasn't gotten better from last year. If anything, it's gotten worse. They've gotten more thin. Well, most teams have a weakness somewhere, right? There's very few perfect teams. The Eagles had as few weaknesses last year as I've ever seen a team have. Like, that was just about as complete of a team as, as you can find. Now, their defense didn't play well when it mattered most, but their defense was really talented and, and stacked with good players top to bottom. Most defenses have a weakness somewhere. The weakness can't be a bad defensive line of scrimmage. You can't be getting blown off the ball. Because I, I think, Ben, I and most other Packers fans watched that game against the Eagles last year and said, you can't, you can't win like this. You, can, you, cannot, you, cannot, you cannot go on a long playoff run and win multiple playoff games in a row with a defense that gets blown off the ball by a team with a strong offensive line in a running game. It's prohibitive, right? You are a paper tiger of a team. Even if you make up for it with a brilliant passing day and your offense, no. At the end of the day, you can't win multiple playoff games in a row and go on a run with a defense that gets blown off the line of scrimmage like that, like we saw against the Eagles. So, uh, you know who is, uh, and we'll get to the phone calls here in a second, 877-867-1670. Grant, you know who has rocketed up my big board now to the number three spot overall in terms of semi-likely? Um, the first two are guys they might have to trade up for, which is Jalen Carter and Smith and Jigba. They're the prohibitive, got to get them. Number three, Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness, baby. I'm all in. Give me a, a hard-nosed Iowa defensive lineman that can rush off the edge, that can play inside a bit, that can tackle, comes from a, a true run-stopping defense. That's where I want to go. That's where I would be thrilled if the Packers went. I think that would be a great first step as to fixing that problem entering next year. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Let's start it off. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, this is Ben in Green Bay. Ben, what's up, man? What's on your mind? Well, um, I actually I agree with you completely. I think defensive line slash edge rusher is the most important, and uh, it's really a twofold. Um, the first reason is, like, if you got to control line of scrimmage, and the last two years when the Packers defense played better, it was two different reasons. When Joel Berry was out and Jerry Gray took over, they seemed to play better. And the end of the last year when Joe Barry came out and said that he gave the players more say in what happened and how they played, they seem to play better. So to me, it seems the less he's involved, the better they play. So let's get better athletes and control line of scrimmage. And uh, my other reason is I'm just not completely sold on the offensive side's philosophy on how to use the tight end. Um, I, don't, I, I know I know it's important for their game plan, but even last year, it seems like they have the tight end run a lot of almost like generic running back routes. Huh. And I think to spend any real draft capital on somebody to run out in the flat or not line up as a wide receiver because you like that each back mentality. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see a guy that's going to give you, you know, at best probably four touches a game, maybe that that's, that that's worth the 13 or 15 draft. That's an interesting point. I, I would ask whether you think that was the philosophy because that's how they work with tight ends or because the tight end room wasn't any good. Because that yeah, could have I been part of it, could... right? If, if they had a dominant guy, I'm sure he is more of a prominent guy in the in the passing game. I don't think neither Tanya nor Lewis were very good last year. So, 
and I agree. I just, I, even on, you know, times when you say, you know, you want to try to use the middle of the field, it just, it seemed, it seemed ignored. And even if you believe the tight end needs to, needs to play that role, but you don't have that guy, it doesn't even seem like some of the wide receivers were exploring the middle of the field either. So it, I just, I, I mean, if they draft them and they come out and all the guys out run team routes and pinch those safeties all day long, great. And I'll be happy to be wrong, but I'm just not willing to risk a first-round pick on something that might not end up being a full piece where you can get, you know, a good run-stopping lineman and, or, you know, a pass rusher because who knows how, how quickly Rashawn Gary's going to come back if he's going to be full strength. I mean, I don't want to go into game one with a, you know, patchwork defensive line. Like you said, five minutes to carry. I mean, that's there, there's things I can do with my Sunday afternoon aside from pull my hair out and watching, <laughs> watching them blowing a yard or two off the line. Yeah. All right, Grant, we got to take her. Uh, uh, ben, are you in on? I'm going to start a. We're starting a movement on this show, Grant, today, Friday before the draft. We're all in on LVN. Ben, are you in? Yeah. All right. I'm, I, you know what? I, I am. Give, give me a guy that's going to run through and bring his lunchbox to work and run through a wall for you. Heck yeah. Love it. I appreciate the phone call, man. Call again. 877-867-1670. Great call. I prefer, I prefer my guys to start games in college, Ben Kenny. Let's start a game in the Big Ten before we're top ten in the draft, please. Thank you. I'll address that when we come back. It's not there his fault. He oh. is. It's There's something Iowa does. That is a that is a philosophy there, one of many wrong gonna, philosophies that they have. <laughs> that is the reason he didn't start. All right, we'll, we'll touch on that next. Uh, what's the Packers' biggest? What's the Packers' most important need in the draft? Are you sure it's tight end? I I'm more and more in on the defensive line. I'm talking myself into Lucas Van Ness as the pick. Obviously, still with with Jigba there. there. There are a lot of routes that I think would make a lot of Packers fans happy, but. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm drawn towards Lucas Van Ness or a defensive lineman at that spot. We will continue to get into that. More draft thoughts, some Rogers talk coming up as well. 877-867-1670. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny and for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We are back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills hanging out. It is Friday. It's felt like Friday for a couple of days. It, it is finally Friday. Big time weekend coming up. A lot of, lot of sports to get to. I have some breaking news, Grant, before we get to oh. this, to the Lucas Van Ness piece and why Iowa has a very odd approach to how they deploy their defenders. I, I should have just known that you just wanted to talk about the the pillars of Iowa football, which I love, oh, by the brother. way. I'm not making fun of you. I love when you get cooking talking about these parts of college football. I get such a kick out of it. Yeah, Brian Ferentz was on one in his press conference yesterday. But Ian Rappaport just tweets, and he still is verified, and it appears he and or his company has paid for Twitter blue. What a cop. I can confirm it is the Ian Rappaport sources. The NFL has suspended five players including Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams for violations of NFL gambling policy. Lions CJ Moore, Quintez Cephas, plus commander Shaka Tony 
are suspended indefinitely at least one year. Williams, uh, that is Jamison Williams from the Lions, and Detroit Stanley Berryhill are suspended six games. Man. So you started reading that tweet, and I'm like, oh, wild. And then you got to at least a year, and I'm like, oh, this blows. That sucks. That makes me sad. I'm interested in two things. Number one, I after the whole Calvin Ridley thing, I would think everybody would have seen what the consequences are. Number two, what did the parlays look like? You know, I like that should be the key okay. part of the punishment. Calvin Ridley they should have to publish the bets they lost. <laughs> and I bet they're dumb and they weren't even for that much money. That should be part of the punishment. You should be shamed for the stupid parlays that you did. Calvin Ridley was betting on the Falcons, which is an easy way to lose money, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I wonder if any of them were, were any good. If they were betting on the Lions, I figured that could have been profitable. Yeah. But I Vegas Vegas started to catch up towards the end of the year. They're like, okay, the Lions are actually good. I know a lot of sharp people, at least people who I follow on Twitter, were making a lot of money on the Lions last year, up until a certain point. Well, speaking of Vegas, the Super Bowl is going to be in Vegas next season. The NFL draft will or was in Vegas. Obviously, it's so weird that Five, ten years ago, it was just, oh, gambling? No, never heard of it. Not going to acknowledge it. Now, yeah. every single thing is brought to you by X Sportsbook. Yet, obviously, there's a line that's drawn where players can't do it on any sport, I believe. I saw, I think it was a baseball player was betting on a different sport and got in trouble where you that just can't do it. So, there are the many. Lions, by the way. Release Quintez Cephas and CJ Moore, oh, according to Schefter. Well, that stinks. Um, Quintez Cephas, the former Badger, who I, week two, 2022, he had three sick catches against the Packers and then broke his broke something and missed the rest of the season. So I hope I, I hope Quintez Cephas finds somewhere and has success. But it's it's tough, right? Because there are so many sides to this coin, where. Is it hypocritical? All that, all the money that's poured in from gambling companies, and yet the NFL is going and and suspending guys for a year for doing it. Probably yes, but do I understand that a line is drawn in the sand, and that players one hundred percent have to follow that? This is a classic. You can hate the rule, but that doesn't yep. give you an excuse to break it. Yep, 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 yep. Um, let's make a little wager of our own here. Who will have the most dramatic and ridiculous take on this where it's like the NFL has made X, Y, Z amount of money. And it's horrendous to me that, and now they're just, you know, getting players suspended for a year for it. I think it's going to be Florio. Florio is going to have a banger of a tweet about this in the next hour. But, but that's the thing, Ben, we all hate the rule and we recognize the hypocrisy of it. And we think it's dumb, but it's the rule. And, as dumb as it is and as crummy as it is to now lose Jamison Williams for another year, I get why Roger Goodell takes this so seriously and suspends guys for a year, right? Because as soon as we think that some of these players are on the take, as soon as we think the integrity of some of these games is gone, 
that's, that's it. That's a massive line. That's it. That's I'm not it. saying we stop watching football, but now everything has changed. I'll add a caveat. If Quintez Cephas was betting on Wisconsin football futures, I think he should be. I think he should get off clean. If he was betting on Mordecai Heisman futures, I, th- I think we should accept that as okay. But but I'm with you. As as soon as you start to question the integrity of the games themselves, which people do, but it's stupid. NBA rigged, NFL rigged, things of that nature. Oh, Jamison Williams is only six games. Yes, that is what Rappaport said. Oh, so I so I heard you incorrectly. Why why is it different? That I don't know. Players. That's a refresh Twitter until something of substance comes out about that. I I I mean it's it's tough. Jamison Williams was tears his ACL in the national title game at Bama. Gets drafted number ten by the Lions. Returns for week fourteen ish for Detroit. Yeah. Has some big plays. Contributes like he's. It's a rising player. It's there are so many things in life that I disagree with, yet still understand. Like like rules. I mean, yeah. There's so many rules that that you understand what they are. You might hate them, but the rule mm-hmm. still is the rule. So you then have to follow it. So now I'm gonna try to think of rules in our life that are really stupid and we hate, but they exist for a reason. That's what, how I'm going to waste my mental power all day. I'm going to try to come up with a list for my show. The speed limit. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, uh, smoke detectors in your apartment. There we go. The fact that they have the bleep every 30 seconds when they're running out of battery. Yeah. and the, the fact that a computer just needs to update in the middle of the Bill Michaels show, cutting my voice off from you and closing our Skype conversation. It's a shame. Uh, but I, I look at this, and I, I think it's right to point out the hypocrisy of the general structure, which is the case with a lot of large entities in this world. At the same mm-hmm. time, nobody deserves any blame aside from the players that did it. There's no excuses. Calvin Ridley was the first guy where you saw the hammer come down. They were not yep. relenting one full year. And now he's on a new team, but we don't know what the effect of that is. We saw what Le'Veon Bell looked like. After he sat out for a year, we don't know what that's like. If you're not in the building all the time and you are forced to sit out for that, for that extended period, nobody deserves the blame here other than the players for me, because like you, you just can't, you can't make it make sense. It's dumb. I don't care what they were betting on horse racing. It doesn't matter if that's the rule, whether you agree with it or not, you got to follow it. That's what the money's for. As, as we say, you should watch Mad Men, by the way. You'd love that show. Old man content and old man discussions. Um, Jamison Williams, by the way, I want to look it up. You said that's what the money's for. If Jamison Williams has a gripe, well, I want to be able to bet. Jamison Williams in year one as a rookie in the NFL made a base salary of a million and a half dollars, roster bonus at 350K, and he played three games. Yep. Like if I was Roger Goodell, I'd be like, sorry. That's that's what the million and a half dollars is for. Like, that's what it means to be in the NFL. You make a lot of great money. You only work a couple of months a year. You, know, you work out, but it's not a nine to five. You don't need to come into an office every day. Sorry, you can't bet games until your career is over. That's the reality of it. I bet you Dan Campbell comes down hard as well and makes, he paints a very clear line in the sand. Yeah. As to whether people cross it. It's like, in a way, for those that follow golf, like myself, it's in a way kind of like live golf. 
where all the guys that went over there are dealing with so much crap, so much crap, whether it's playing in ridiculous places or terrible photo shoots they have to do. All of the backlash that comes on social media, they have to get up there and answer tough questions about their decision to do it. But at the end of the day, that's what the money's for. They're paying you X millions of dollars. When you get paid that much, that's what it's for, is to deal with that backlash. In this case, the money is for actually following the rules, the necessary rules. 877-867-1670. Take your reaction uh, to the news. Jamison Williams suspended six games for violating the NFL gambling policy. A couple other players suspended a year, notably Quintez Cephas, former Badger, and then he was released by the Lions. Uh, Rappaport, Schefter, a bunch of guys reporting it. Luke Van Ness, Graham, before we hit break quick. Damn it. <laughs> I had to hit this transition. Please. Lucas Van Ness, my guy at 15, next to JSN. We're speaking of a, what's the Packers' biggest need? I don't think it's tight end. I think it's defensive line. Give me Lucas Van Ness. Start to shore up that position long term. He didn't start games at Iowa. And people brought it up as, oh, he wasn't a starter, but he was very productive. Weird. That's because the Iowa Hawkeyes on defense, they start the older player. Doesn't matter how good the young guy is, Grant, they start based on seniority. If you are a fourth-year edge rusher and you are above average, you make tackles. You don't get after the quarterback. But but you're there. You're a piece. They start you over Lucas Van Ness, top 10 talent ridiculous physical specimen, great pass rusher. That's just how they do it. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're not going to start there, which is odd. The defense thing works. I'm not going to criticize how they go about defense, but that's why he wasn't a starter. It's a very simple, it should not be used as a knock against him. If anything, look at all that he did as not a starter. True. Maybe maybe it should be a boon. It should boon his draft stock. I I don't know. All these mocks are so interesting. Like Lucas Van Ness is seemingly going top 10 in all these Jackson Smith and Jigba is the weird wild card. Cause some drafts have him going like sixth and then some drafts have him falling like 20 and the Seahawks pick him. You just can't pass up on a player this good. I think that's very naive. I think it's very naive to think the best wide receiver in any given draft is falling out of the top 15 or even the top 10. Honestly, I don't think he's even going to get to the Packers. But if he does get close, I still would. I'd be thrilled with him. I could hear wide receiver is not one of the biggest needs, but that's a that's a premium position. That's a hundred percent. That's a luxury. There's the word I'm looking for. Getting JSN in the slot is a luxury, and it undoubtedly has a great effect on love. And a tight end will too. I, again, I, I yeah. want them to get good tight ends. I want the team to be good. I want them to fix the roster with but, a smart coach sharp offensive coach. There's lots of ways to support a young quarterback, right? A good offensive line. You could do that. Great wide receivers, good running game. So if there's multiple ways to skin a cat, let's <laughs> grab the sharpest knife to continue with that analogy. Like if Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to fall and pound for pound, he's the best player available. Then I want the best player available because that's going to give the most support to Jordan Love. Even if you were thinking O-line, Jackson Smith and Jigba is better at his position than probably whatever offensive lineman will be available for the Packers at 15. Just an example, a hypothetical. 877-867-1670. We will continue the conversation. We'll get to the phone calls when we come back. 
Reaction to the news, Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams and others suspended for gambling on games. Uh, And what do you think the Packers' biggest need is? Do you think it's tight end? Do you think it's in the trenches on the defensive side, which is where I stand? We'll get back to all of it when we come back. We have some offensive talk as well in general. Talk about Matt LaFleur coming up at 11. A lot more to get to today. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show. Ben Kenny and Grant Bills with you on this Friday. A lot more to get to uh, throughout the day today. 877-867-1670. The bumper song for the occasion. The NFL has suspended more players for violating the gambling policy. That is the story of the day. Uh, The question we are discussing, whether it's draft board season or just overall needs for the Packers. Biggest need entering the draft. A lot of talk about tight end. The Packers' actions tell you that tight end is the likely pick at 15. I would go defensive lineman. I look at that as more of a of a weakness. Although, Grant, I, I guess as is the case with a lot of this, I wouldn't be angry at some of the different decisions that could be made, right? Like if they take Michael Mayer, I'm not going to be mad. I get it. Yeah, It makes sense. There are just other things I prefer. The only thing that would make me mad is a quarterback or a running back, which I feel I'd be mad about a safety personally. 15. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. Like there would be worse things to do, like light the pick on fire, draft another running back. (laughs) I guess there's not many worse things to do. I just, I don't know. I don't know. If they take Brian branch, the respectfully, the cheesehead TV corner of the internet will be like, such a great need. He he can play this position and that, but he can line up everywhere. It's like, hey, at 15, I just want a guy who plays one position and is really good at it. Like, I, multifaceted, like, Josiah DeGuara, play H-back, but also do this. I, I don't need that at 15. I want a premium player who does one thing and one position really well. I see you making a face. Am I wrong? Uh, I, just a big year coming for Josiah DeGuara. Like we, I, we could joke, but if if the breakout's going to happen, it's going to be now. I'm buying Josiah's actually, stock. Oh, you have stock. Oh, my gosh. Jordan Love loves him. It's the only guy he throws to. So here's my problem. I use him as a punchline <laughs> and an example for things that I don't like about the way the Packers draft. He's going to have constantly. a good year, Grant. However, I also think I should buy some stock. Because <laughs> right now he's the only player they have at that position. Get and him board. and Jordan Love has been boys. Like Mike Clements told me publicly in a Twitter space, so I don't think I'm betraying Mike Clements. Like he has heard Josiah DeGuar in the locker multiple times. Like talk about Jordan Love. He needs reps. Like we need like very high on Jordan Love. I think those two are are buddies. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. I agree with the premise. Uh, just put Rudy Ford at safety. There are easier alternatives yeah. to the safety position than there are to defensive line. You could play defensive line or you can't, right? Exactly. Yes. Rasul Douglas could, in theory, go and uh, and and fill the safety role. 
877-867-1670. Uh, real quick, let's get to the phones. John is listening to us in Plum City. John, what's up? Hey, I love listening to you guys this morning. Um, I've got a couple observations. I don't know what you think. I'm afraid that Van Ness reminds me of Marcus Davenport, who Aww. tested really well and uh, hasn't turned out so well. I'm a little bit afraid of Enjigma because um, he was th- – he was actually the third guy in 2021. Where was he getting the third string defender? Uh, was Garrett Wilson and Olave getting? Uh, he was the playing two top defenders of the opposition. He was playing in the slot, so it was different. Yeah, but also when you okay. ask Olave and Wilson from that year, who was the best of the three? Kirk Herbstreit did a great interview with them. They all said Smith and Jigba was the best. And it could prove not okay. to be true, but but I don't I, I'm not gonna knock him for the room. The room is always crazy. And they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. I wish he ran better than a four forty eight uh, and and had better ten yard time, which was only like one sixty five. Um you like to see something like a four three and uh a, a one forty something, but and he ain't real big. You know, I really think they need to draft a, a real difference maker at 15 and I see I see uh, Darnell Washington as a potential gronk in the future he's Ooh. big he's fast he's got huge hands and long arms he's a stud when it comes to blocking and did you see that catch you made at the combine at one-handed stab I've I mean, yeah I've, I've I've obsessed over him. I, I've said his ceiling to me is like the Terminator, but like when when Arnold Schwarzenegger was in his prime, where mm-hmm. like you could try a lot of things, but you're not gonna you're not gonna stop it. He's the Terminator. So that's the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I I appreciate the phone call. We're we're up against it a bit. Uh, call again eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We can take your draft calls coming up. Uh, I know we got our buddies E on the D on hold as well. well. We'll get to him. We'll get to the story of the day, which is the players being suspended uh, for gambling, violating the NFL's gambling policy, as well as much more. It's the it's the eve of draft week, and next week is going to be crazy. Grant, we're in on Monday and Tuesday. Goody speaks on Monday, or I'm in on on Monday and Tuesday. Rest of the plans are yet to be worked out. Goody speaks on Monday after the show. And that's the first time we've heard from him since owners meetings. Yeah. Since he pretty strongly pushed back on some Rogers stuff. Are you in on Bill's draft show next Thursday? Yes. In, in some capacity, I will be present. (laughs) We'll see. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. So it's a fun time of year. We'll get back to the phone calls and much more all coming up next. It's the Bill Michael show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Bill Michael Show, Ben Kenny, Grand Bills. Top of the hour coming up in a couple minutes. Packers draft thoughts, biggest need, players players you need the Packers to take. I'm, I'm entering the Lucas Van Ness train and uh, don't see hopping off. At any time, but a lot more to get into when we come back. We we could talk about the suspensions handing down, uh, apparently for betting on NFL games, at least in some cases, for 
Lions wide receivers, Jamison Williams, Quintus Sivas, and others. Yeah, it seems like some of these suspensions, they're betting on other sports, but the problem was they were doing it from inside an NFL facility, which is against the rules. <laughs> Just so stupid. I, I recognize that, but like, so, I'm not going to feel bad for these players. Everyone should have been put on blast. When no, Calvin doing Ridley it happened. is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. It's, I mean. Sports gambling is, ridiculous. 99% of people is stupid and a really fast way to lose money. I don't feel bad for these guys. We learned how serious this was with Ridley. I'm done. I'm not but if bad. you need golf picks, I'm the person to turn to. <laughs> yeah. Every weekend. Oh, Justin Sahath Thagala this week, taking it home. Live Golf Adelaide, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Packers draft thoughts when we come back. What's the biggest need on the team? Defensive line, tight end, where should the Packers go? We'll, we'll do a little reset there. Some big board talk. A lot more to get to as well. Ben Kenny Grandville's here with you on this Friday. And for Mr. Bill Michaels.